Okay, let's start. Lord, we just thank you for today. And we just thank you for your word that we have, that we can find the path we should walk on. Because everything we need to know from you is in this book. So the more we read it, the more we lay it up in our heart, the more we memorize it even, the stronger we'll be <clears throat> as Christians. So bless us today as we look at this portion of Genesis. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. We saw last week in chapter 46, I'm on in 47, but just by way of review and with this map here to be sure that you see where all these different tribes are, we'll get to that part today. It's the dying blessing of Jacob's dying blessing for the tribes. So Israel took his journey with all he had, came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. Then God spoke to Israel in the visions, this is chapter 46, in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. And God said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt. I will also surely bring you up again. And Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. In other words, when he dies, Joseph would close his eyes. This is his great promise, and the Jewish people uh, lived by this promise for all the time they were in Egypt, that they didn't need to worry. God would make of them a great nation there and then bring them out, a mighty nation, and that's the book of Exodus with Moses. So Jacob arose from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried their father Jacob, their little ones, their wives, in the carts which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. So they took their livestock and their goods, which they had acquired in the land of Canaan, and went to Egypt, Jacob and all his descendants with him. And it names all of them, Reuben, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Gad, Joseph and Benjamin, and um, all the persons, verse 26, who went with Jacob to Egypt, who came from his body beside Jacob's son's wives, were 66 persons in all. And the sons of Joseph who were born to him in Egypt were two persons. All the persons of the house of Jacob who went to Egypt were 70. So 70 people went down there. Then he sent Judah before him to Joseph to point out before him the way to Goshen. And they came to the land of Goshen. This is in the northern part, the very fertile part that Pharaoh had given him. So Joseph made ready his chariot went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel, and he presented himself to him. Then he sent Judah before him to Joseph to point out before him the way to Goshen, and they came to the land of Goshen. So Joseph made ready his chariot, went up to Goshen to um, meet his father Israel. How many of you have heard that saying, great land of Goshen? That's an old saying that my grandmother used to say, instead of, oh dear, or oh what? Oh, great land of Goshen. <laughs> and so this is one of the things they used to say. They went to Goshen. They came there, and Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. And he presented himself to him, fell on his neck, and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die. Jacob, or Israel, said to Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen your face and because you are still alive. Then Joseph said to his brothers, 
and his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and say to him, my brothers and those of my father's house who were in the land of Canaan have come to me, and the men are shepherds, for their occupation has been to feed livestock, and they have brought their flocks and herds and all they have. So it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation? That you shall say, your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth even till now, both we and also our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptian. <laughs> then Joseph went and told Pharaoh and said, my father and my brothers and flocks and herds and all they possess have come from the land of Canaan, and indeed they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, We have come to sojourn in the land, because your servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. Then Joseph brought in his father Jacob, set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. So Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph situated his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Then Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with bread, according to the number in their families. Now there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grain which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. Then Joseph said, Give your livestock, and I will give you bread for your livestock if the money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the cattle of the herds, and for the donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. And when that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. My Lord also has our herds of livestock. There's nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants to Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. Then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for every man of the Egyptians sold his field, because the famine was severe upon them. So the land became Pharaoh's. 
And as for the people, he moved them into the cities from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other end. Only the land of the priests he did not buy, for the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh, and they ate their rations which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore they didn't sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh. Four-fifths shall be your own. This is very fair. As seed for the field and for your food, for those of your households, and as food for your little ones. Though they said, You have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should have one-fifth except for the land of the priests only, which did not become Pharaoh's. So Israel, Jacob, dwelt in the land of Egypt in the country of Goshen, and there they had possessions and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. And when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Now, if I have found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie. This is under my thigh, a euphemism for the procreative organ. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers. You shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you've said. Then he said, swear to me. And he swore to him. So Israel bowed himself on the head of the bed. And, and the Septuagint said, he bowed himself over his staff and died. So then the next chapter. And now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh, the older one, and Ephraim, the younger one. And Jacob was told, Look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself, sat up on the bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I'll make you fruitful and multiply you. I will make of you a multitude of people and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. And now your two sons, Ephraim, and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, they're mine. I've adopted them as my own. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Your offspring, whom you beget after them, shall be yours, and will be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. But as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan, on the way, when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, or near Bethlehem, and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Jacob, or Israel, were dim with age, so that he couldn't see. Then Joseph brought them near, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact God has also shown me your offspring. So Joseph brought them from beside his knees, and he bowed down with his face 
to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. Then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. Let my name be named upon them in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people. He also shall be great. But truly his younger brother, see, it'll be Ephraim, not Manasseh, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So we bless them that day, saying, By you, Israel, will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Then I'm thinking of later on in the, in the Old Testament, Ephraim is like a plate that's been wiped clean. He was so turned away from the Lord. He was so wicked, Ephraim was later. Thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. The Amorite would be the giant. And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. Now, whenever you see that, that's when Jesus comes back to rule the earth, the kingdom when it comes. I'll tell you what will befall you in the last days. Gather together and hear, you sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. But you're unstable as water. You shall not excel because you went up to your father's bed. Then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brothers, verse 5. So Leah and Bilhah had these boys. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitation. And they're the ones that, that killed all the Shechemites and wrecked their horses. So they were very instruments of cruelty are in their habitation. Let not my soul enter their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they hamstrung an ox, cut out the leg tendon. Well, that would make the, the ox unable to be a service animal anymore. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. 
I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Now that's what Judah means, praise. You are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. You know, when any king would capture an army or anything, they would put their foot on the neck of the defeated person. Well, the hand on the neck is the same thing. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. So we see the lion of the tribe of Judah. See if we can find Jesus in this prediction. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you've gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? The scepter, or that's what a king held in his hand. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And all the Bible commentaries and the Hebrew commentaries, Shiloh is a picture of Jesus or Christ or the Messiah. So the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Jesus, the Messiah, comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. They will obey Shiloh. That's Jesus. Binding his donkey to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. Zebulun shall dwell by the haven of the sea. He shall become a haven for ships and his border shall adjoin Sidon. Zebulun's right in the north. See right up in here. Issachar is a strong donkey lying down between two burdens. He saw that rest was good and that the land was pleasant. Uh, and I think Jerusalem is in his territory. He bowed his shoulder to bear a burden and became a band of slaves. Dan, can you think of anyone very famous and very powerful who was from Dan? Samson was. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider shall fall backward. I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. This is the first mention of salvation in the Bible, right here in Genesis 8:49. I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. Gad, a troop shall, that's what this means, and his mother was Zilpah. So he chose east of the Jordan. Gad, a troop shall tramp upon him, but he shall triumph at last. Bread from Asher shall be rich, and he shall yield royal dainties. Naphtali is a deer let loose. He gives goodly words. Joseph, now this is going to have many promises. Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. Do you remember who his mother was? Rachel, remember? Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, the God of your father, who will help you, and by the Almighty, 
who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath. And I'm just thinking it's probably oil um, from Deuteronomy 33. Uh, let's turn to Deuteronomy 33 just to see this. This is Moses' dying blessing to all the tribes. And of Joseph, he said, blessed of the Lord is his land, Joseph's land. This is verse 13. With the precious things of heaven, with the dew, and the deep lying beneath, with the precious fruits of the sun, and the precious produce of the months, with the best things of the ancient mountains, with the precious things of the everlasting hills, diamonds and gold, with the precious things of the earth and its fullness, and the favor of him who dwelt in the bush. Let the blessing come on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separate from his brothers. His glory is like a firstborn bull. So guess what was on the standard of Ephraim and Manasseh? Taurus the bull from the zodiac, the mighty bull. And his horns are like the horns of the wild ox. Together with them he shall gore the peoples to the ends of the earth. They are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. About Joseph is a fruitful bough. This is Genesis 49. Blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breasts and of the womb, the blessings of your father have excelled the blessings of my ancestors. Up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills, they shall be on the head of Joseph uh, and on the crown of the head of him who was separate from his brothers. Remember the story of how his brothers hated him and sold him to the Egypt? Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. So Benjamin would be bold and strong. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel. And this is what their father spoke to them. And he blessed them. He blessed each one according to his own blessing. And he charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite as a possession or a burial place. And we saw his last time how he bought this for way too much money he paid for it, an exorbitant price. But he didn't complain. He just paid what they said. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is there were purchased from the sons of Heth, Hittites. And when Jacob had finished commanding his sons. He drew his feet up into the bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. So this awaiting the resurrection is a picture of that. Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. Forty days were required for him. For such are the days required for those who are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. And when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak 
in the hearing of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Behold, I am dying. In my grave, which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan, there you shall bury me. Now, therefore, please let me go up, bury my father, and I will come back. And Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear. And I've written in my margin, 200 years later, Moses would lead the whole nation back from Egypt, back to Canaan, 200 years after this. So Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of Pharaoh's house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, as well as all the house of Joseph, his brothers, his father's house. Only their little ones, their flocks and their herds, they left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great gathering. Then they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, and they mourned there with a great and very solemn lamentation. He observed seven days of mourning for his father. And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning of the Egyptians. Therefore its name was called Abel Mizraim, which is beyond the Jordan, or Meadow of the Egyptians, Abel Mizraim. Mizraim is another name for Egypt. So his sons did for him just as he commanded them. For his sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, which Abraham bought with the field from Ephraim the Hittite as a property for a burial place. And that's in Genesis 23. And after he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, he and his brothers, and all who went up with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, Before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we are your servants. Remember in Genesis 37 when he dreamed a dream and all of his brothers bowed down before him? Will you indeed bow down to me? Well, here they are doing it again. They fell down before his face and said, Behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will pro provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's household. And Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. The children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were also brought up on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry my bones up from here. 
So we're going to see that later on in Exodus chapter 1, they took Joseph's bones with them when they came out of Egypt. You shall carry my bones up from here. In other words, when the resurrection happens, I want my bones to go up from the land that God gave us, not from Egypt. So Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt, or a mummy case in Egypt. Now then, Exodus takes up 400 years later. So we're going to look at the beginning of this. Now these are the names of the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 1, who came to Egypt. Each man and his household came with Jacob, Simeon, Reuben, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons, for Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, all his brothers and all that generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramses, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. The Egyptians were. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. So they needed a deliverer. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shipra and the other was Pua. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it's a son, then you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and saved the male, male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are lively. They give birth before the midwives get to them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied and grew very mighty. So it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the Nile River, and every daughter you shall save alive. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. This is a priestly tribe. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. 
Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. How the Lord provided. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. That's what Moses means. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, he was 40 years old, then he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. When he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? Then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? This is quoted in Acts chapter 7. Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water, and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to rule their father, he said, How is it that you've come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. So he said to his daughters, And where is he? What is this that you've left the man? Call him, that he may eat bread. Then Moses was content to live with the man, and he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. And she bore him a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, which is Mount Sinai. In Deuteronomy 1 and 2, let's turn back and just see what Deuteronomy 1 and 2 say. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel in Deuteronomy on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness in the plain opposite soup between Paran, Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizahab. It is 11 days' journey from Horeb, or Mount Sinai, by way of Mount Seir, which would be the mountain of the Edomites, or Esau's family, to Kadesh Barnea. Now it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, 
that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that God had given him as commandments to them after he had killed Sihon, king of the Amorites, that would be a giant, and dwelled in Heshbon, and he killed Og, king of Bashan, that would be another one of the giants, who dwelled in Ashtaroth in Edrei. On this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law. So he said, the Lord, you stayed long enough in this mountain after a year. Go into the promised land. So anyway, we're going to go back here to Exodus. He led him to the back of the desert and came to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. That would be the back part of, of the land of Midian. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush wasn't consumed. Then Moses said, I'll turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush doesn't burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am, that's God's name, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites would include Jerusalem. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send you, Moses, to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, <laughs> he's going to try to get out of it, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, God said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the children of people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So that's where he got the Ten Commandments, see, when they came out. Mount Sinai. It's a mountain in Midian's wilderness. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, Well, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. It's every tense of the verb to be. I always was, I am now, and I always will be. That's what the I am means. Every tense of the verb to be. And God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. So God's relationship to Israel, how long is it going to last? Forever. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, 
the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Then they will heed your voice, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt. And you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I am sure, God says, his omniscience, I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not even by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in his midst. After that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, Ask of articles of silver, of gold, of clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Then Moses answered and said, but, but suppose they won't believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what's in your hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, Now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again, drew it out of his bosom, and behold, it was restored like his other flesh. Then it will be, if they do not believe you or heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river, pour it on the dry land, and the water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. I'm not letting you, in other words, choose somebody else. I can't talk. <laughs> said, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since. You have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who's made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf? the seeing or the blind. Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else, anybody else but me. Please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you what you shall do. 
So he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. So Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go return to Egypt, for all the men are dead who sought your life. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand, but I will harden his heart, so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. This is my special son. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. And it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met Moses and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you're a husband of blood to me. So we let him go. God let him go. Then she said, You are a husband of blood because of the circumcision. And the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him on the mountain of God, Horeb, in Midian, and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel, and Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked on their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. And Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor. So the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, You shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, and you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not diminish it, for they're idle. Therefore they cry out, saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let more work be laid on the men, that they may labor in it, and let them not regard false words. And the taskmasters of the people and their officers went out, spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go get yourselves straw where you can find it. Yet none of your work will be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble 
instead of straw. And the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, your daily quota, as when there was straw. Also the officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, they were beaten and were asked, Why have you not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today as before? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why are you dealing thus with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants, and they say to us, Make brick. And indeed your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle. You are idle. Therefore you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore go now and work, for no straw shall be given you. Yet you shall deliver the quota of bricks, and the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble after it was said, You shall not diminish any bricks from your daily quota. Then as they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron, who stood there to meet them. And they said to them, Let the Lord look on you and judge, because you've made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought this trouble on this people? Why is it you've sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he's done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let you go. And with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by name Lord I was not known to them. God Almighty is El Shaddai, but I haven't been known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they would not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, go in, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he must let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spoke before the Lord saying, the children of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh heed me? for I am of uncircumcised lips. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command for the children of Israel and for Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. These are the heads of their father's houses. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, were Hanak, Palu, Hezron, Carmi. These are the families of Reuben. And the sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi, according to their generations, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And the years of the life of Levi were 137 years. 
The sons of Gershon were Libni and Shimei, according to their families. And the sons of Kohath were Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel. And the years of the life of Kohath were 133. And the sons of Merari were Mahali and Mushi. These are the families of Levi, according to their generations. Now Amram took for himself Jochebed, his father's sister, as wife. And she bore him Aaron and Moses. And the years of the life of Amram were 137. And the sons of Izhar were Korah, Nepheg, and Zikri. And the sons of Uziel were Mishael, Elzaphan, and Zithri. And Aaron took to himself Elisheba, the daughter of Amenadab, sister of Nation, his wife. And she bore him Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. And the sons of Korah were Asir, Elkanah, and Abiasaph. These are the families of the Korathites. Eliezer, Aaron's son, took for himself one of the daughters of Putiel, his wife. She bore him Phinehas. These are the heads of the fathers of the Levites, according to their families. These are the same Aaron and Moses, to whom the Lord said, Bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, according to their armies. These are the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. These are the same Moses and Aaron. And it came to pass on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I am the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. But Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh heed me? Now next week we'll start with seven, when we'll go through all the plagues that God sends on Egypt. And it's interesting to note that this is the first time all these plagues, but when you get to Revelation, the plagues God sends on the earth are the same things, the same type of plague, awful thing. So, Lord, we thank you for this time together. Bless us, each one and our families. And we just ask about John, that you might heal him. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.